Just some quick announcements. One, two, one, two, one, two. One, two, one, two. Perfect. Just some quick announcements. Um, we're going to go through these times of uh, uh, just announcements. I'm just going to go very quickly. Uh, tomorrow, there's not going to be any life group. Uh, life group will be postponed to the following week after. Everybody go, aw. But you guys are more than welcome to hang out with each other. Amen. You guys are more than welcome to say, hey, man, you know what? I want to spend some quality time with you. Call you up. Look to your neighbor and say, he's talking about you. Yep, you want some quality time. Go ahead and give him a wink. QT time. That's exactly what we want. It's okay to wink in church. Amen. Amen. I said, it's okay to wink in church. They're like, what's he talking about? As long as guys wink with guys and girls wink with girls. What? <laughs> Amen. I got some amens on that. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I, I, the reason why I'm doing this, I, I want to use this as a teaching um, moment with you guys. Whenever we get out of times of worship, I just feel sometimes by teaching and just, you know, the songs that I chose uh, were specifically uh, were to put your mind, your focus on, on the word today. So I just wanted to go from worship uh, to the word. And, and I want to engage while it's still fresh and just talk about some of the things and what we're doing here. Amen. So do me the favor. If you can in still engage with the spirit, all right, you're not going to like, what am I going to do afterwards? You see, I'm telling you, the devil would love to steal, kill, and destroy what God has for you today, okay? Amen? So this is what you guys are going to do. We're going to close our eyes and we're going to pray, all right? When's the last time you started rebuking some demons? When's the last time you started using your God-given language to start saying, hey, you know what, devil, you can't have my mind in Jesus' name, right? So in this time, I'm praying that God would keep us focused. I'm praying that God would pour something in our hearts and minds, that our minds will be open to Scripture. Amen. The Bible says that. So, Father, I pray right now, and I come against every demonic uh, distraction in Jesus' name. Father, I come against it. I rebuke it. Satan, you have no hold over our minds. You have no hold over the Word of God. Lord, I pray today that the Word will take root in hearts. Father, that your Word will come to life, that it will bear much fruit, Father God, and it will bear life in our lives, Father God, as a testimony to what you are doing. Devil, we come against you. We rebuke you. You cannot take this seed. You cannot have this word. You cannot have what the Lord has for us today. In Jesus' name, we pray. And if you agree, shout amen. Come on. If you agree, shout it out. Y'all got to have to believe it. As if I believe it for myself and you guys don't believe it, guess who's getting receiving it? Hallelujah. I'm receiving it. Right? The Bible says that you cannot have what God promises. Hold on. Got some good water. You cannot have what the Lord promises if you don't have faith in this place. So first thing I want you to know is that whatever God's going to pour into your life comes through faith. Everybody say faith. Faith. Okay. So the reason why I'm doing it like this, we'll get into announcements later, Okay. Because I feel in my heart I want to do some teaching moments with you guys, okay? Not everybody's in here. When, when, when this thing starts popping off, I want you guys to understand what we're doing in a youth group. When we sing songs, sometimes it's easy just to sing songs and not understand what the Spirit of God is doing. And as you grow, you can start understanding, man, man God has a purpose in this worship. Hello? God has something designed in these times of worship for me. For me, too, as a worship leader. You don't think I get something out of it? So when you come here, you have to believe that. Well, I don't believe that. Guess what? You're not receiving it. What makes the difference between someone who comes out of the worship just like giving their all to God and God is working on their heart from someone who's not? 
as someone who's willing and able and to say, I'm going to have faith that God is going to do something in these times. And you notice a lot of the songs that we have, like, you won't relent. I remember singing that when I was in Elevate. And I remember when God was just putting on my heart, I mean, there's some things in my life, some junk he wants to take out of my life. Because I was a sinner, right? There were some things in my life that I knew I could not. God said, you know what, that is not right for you to have in your life. And as I would get in these times of prayer and worship, I'd always hear the Lord just speak on my heart. And I, you know what, I wish I had someone to, like, every time I'm worshiping, it's just like, man, I get in these, these images that come to mind, these things that come to mind. It's generally some of the things I did wrong. Generally, some of the things that bothered me, and God was bringing these to the forefront, and he was trying to show me and and teach me. In these times of worship, he's trying to mend my heart. But sometimes I get too distracted. Look around, like, who else is raising their hand? Your worship unto the Lord is solely dependent on you. Amen? It doesn't matter if your friend's not worshiping. If you get in the Holy Ghost, come on now, you start building that atmosphere, and they'll be like, man, I want what they have. They're closing their eyes, lifting their hand. Guess what I'm going to do? Jesus, Fall on the Holy Ghost. What happened to them? They just got the Holy Ghost. Amen. And so I want you guys to start understanding these things. We're really objective. You won't relent until you have it all. Right? We like singing that. And that process God is still doing. He wants it all. He wants it all. Your family, your kids, if you guys have kids. I remember I'm saying that because I remember Joe, when he started preaching this and we started singing this, I remember um, he said, man, when God gives me kids, and he wants my kids. What does that mean? Like, I'm going to surrender them to the Lord. If God wants to do this in my life, I have to believe that God is in control. He's going to care for my family. He's going to do these things. If God wants to send my my child to Africa on a mission trip and be a missionary, I have to be okay with that. And different things like that. God wants it all. In different areas of your life, as you grow, God wants the total, complete surrender. Oh, I'm telling you. And so we sing these songs. I'm talking today, and I'm speaking from Matthew 7. If you have your Bibles, you can open up your Bible to Matthew 7, verses 24 to 29. Amen. And we're going to read straight through verses 24 to 29, because some of y'all haven't read your Bible Right? Some of you haven't read a Bible, so you need a good shot in the arm. You need the whole dose. Look to your neighbor and say, he's talking about you. He's talking about you. So we want to get into the word of God. Amen. So let's go ahead and get there. Matthew 7, verses 24 through 29. And it says this. The title of this uh, passage in the Bible is called The Wise and Foolish Builders. And it says this. It says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Somebody say wise man. I mean, verse 25, the rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. Somebody say the rock. Come on now. 26, but everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. Somebody say a fool. Oh, come on. Say it like you're awake today. Say a fool. Verse 27, the rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he had taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. 
I love this. Last week we were talking about in the beginning of the chapter, chapter 5, Jesus starts his famous preaching, like a giant sermon, like what I'm doing up here. He starts his sermon. He starts with the Beatitudes. Last week we talked being salt and light, right? Did you guys go out and be salt and light? Were you guys, were you guys that? Were you guys that? Is that proper English? Okay, if your parents said, why are you talking like that? You didn't get it from me. Okay, listen, were you guys able to be salt and light in the world? Amen. Go back and like, man, I failed at that. Hey, guess what? You got another week to do it again. Amen. Today, we're at the end of Jesus' sermon, Matthew chapter 7. And he's saying, look, I just preached to you guys. Look, if you guys don't take what I, let's, let's start off with verse 24. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Jesus is saying, look, I just told you everything about the kingdom of God. I told you a lot. If you don't listen or if you take these words, you're like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. And I love this example that Jesus gives to us. And there are examples that we can all understand. He's talking to the people, and they can understand these things, like a man building his house. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be wise if he builds it on a rock. Because you guys know that when you build something, you want to have a foundation. Somebody say foundation. Okay? A foundation. Whenever you build something, you're always going to make sure you start with a foundation. Right? Did you know that the Sears Tower, now called the Willis Tower, has one of the largest foundations in the world for a, a, a sculpture, for a, a um, what's that word? Skyscraper. Skyscraper. Hallelujah. Uh, the numbers are crazy, but it's like something a thousand feet of just brick. Maybe a thousand, maybe a hundred. I got to get the numbers. I apologize. I do not have the numbers, but I do remember it's like two, maybe 200, 200,000. I don't know. But guess what? You know it? It's too high? No, no, no. no. <laughs> it's too high. Check this out. The foundation of the Sears Tower is, is made out of, of brick. And see, what you can see is the Willis Tower, is the building. Amen? That foundation goes deep. I believe it's about uh, a third about the height. If you were to take the foundation of cement, how much goes down compared to that building, and you were to stack it up, how much cement is in the earth will be about a third of the Sears Tower. It has to have a solid foundation. You see that skyscraper? If you ever been up to downtown and been by the Willis Tower, you will look up that thing, and it's moving. I promise you that thing is moving. You go up, it's not just the clouds, because when there's no clouds, you still see it. When the winds come, that thing is moving ever so slightly. But that thing is not going anywhere. Why? Because of its foundation. Somebody say foundation. Every good house, every good structure, every good architect that has ever been built and that has lasted throughout time has a good foundation. Jesus is in this parable talking about the foundations we have in our lives. And he's saying, look, I just talked to you for the last umpteen hours. If you take these words that I put into you, that I shared with you, and you put them into practice, you're like a wise man who built his house on a rock. Now the opposite, Jesus said as, as well. Amen. Let me get to verse 26. He said, but everyone who hears these words of mine and has not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. Jesus gives two opposites, two contrasts. You're a wise man. You listen to what I'm saying, and you do it. Everybody say do it. Right? Like Nike commercial, just Okay, Jesus wants you to do it. Now, he says, if you don't do it, I, I love Jesus' language. This is not my language. I didn't go in the Bible and write this, okay? 
But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. A foolish man who built his house. Jesus is straight up calling people fools. And he's looking at people and he's challenging me. He said, look, if you don't do what I say, because you're going to have a choice to think like, but this guy's just, he's talking stuff. He's telling if you don't do what I say, you're a fool. I bet you if you were in that crowd listening to Jesus, man, that was a great sermon. Man, some of the things I don't understand. And at the end, he's like, if you put this into practice, you're a wise man with this house in a rock. If you don't, you're a fool. It's like, what? And people were amazed. The Bible says at the end of that, they were amazed because he had taught as one who had authority. See, Jesus, when he talked, he wasn't just someone that you think right now, blue eyes, blonde hair. Jesus was one who talked with authority. I want to paint this picture not of just a weak Jesus. Sometimes we get this idea of just Jesus. He prances. Like some, I don't know how we think about it. I maybe should think, like, what was Jesus? Jesus was a manly man. And when he got up before people, he spoke to them as one, the Bible said, who has authority. And people were amazed. He's like, if you don't do what I'm telling you, you're foolish. Today, that word still applies for us. Today, Jesus is still speaking to us with that same authority. And now we have the opportunity. Are we going to put these things into action? You know, as I think about this thing, you know, if you want to go back and listen to the context of everything Jesus was saying, go back and read Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. It'll be a good read. As a matter of fact, it's... It's whenever we start new believers off in the Bible, we want to start them off in the book of Matthew. Because the book of Matthew takes you through the genealogy. It takes you through Jesus' birth. It takes you through the baptism. It takes you through John the Baptist. It gives you an idea of the story of Jesus Christ and the healings and the miracles. Everything that Jesus did, his account, his life in the book of Matthew. And so we want you to go through it. But if you want to get to the meat of Jesus' sermon, Jesus starts preaching Matthew 5, chapter 5 and 7. And he closes it up and says, listen, if you listen to what I'm saying, you're wise. And, and I look at this parable and I look at this example and I wonder how we can take this. Because how many of us, right, are going to go out and, and start building things? Jesus gave an example of, of building a house. And to us, I want this word, I want this passage to be relevant to us. So who am I talking to? High school students, right? If we're out of high school and college. See, this word not only applies for me, but for you as well. Building my foundation in Jesus. Jesus is saying, look, you need to have a solid foundation, and that's him. But how do you build a foundation in Jesus? A good place to start, right, is to get saved. <laughs> that's a good place to start. Getting saved and giving your life to Jesus. Jesus, I believe by faith that you died on the cross for my sins. Every sin that I've committed, Jesus, I repent from that. I confess. I, I say I'm sorry, and I believe that you died for my sins. I want to be made new, right? It starts with there, having that relationship. Now, how do you do this? As I read this passage, I was challenged to think, like, man, how can I, we apply this? How do, you, how do you build your foundation on the rock of Jesus Christ? And the thing that came to mind was uh, investing. Did you know that cement, are we all familiar with cement by a show of hands? If you know what cement is, raise your hand. 
We all know what cement is. We might have fell on it a couple times. Check this out. Cement is actually a chemical powder, okay, that, may, that when mixed with water, it has a chemical reaction, right, and it produces concrete. That's what happens. I don't know if you guys ever been in construction or been around it or seen it happen, but I had the opportunity of growing up and helping my dad fix some property. Uh, you know, we had some property, some houses, and we had to go and, and fix some things. And one of the things was just, you know, the driveway had some cracks, and we had to go redo it. And I remember, like, okay, how are we going to do this? It's broken. It's rock. We're going to get more rocks and put in pebbles. And I remember him going to Home Depot and, uh, you know, those big long carts, and we just play around me and my brother, and we just run into stuff. And so I grabbed that bag, you and your brother, and put it on here. I was like, what is this going to do? That's cement. What? And we saw, like, it was just, like, powdery stuff. Like, what in the world? And sure enough, we get back home, and uh, he has this black thing, and he, he, he puts a little bit of water, and then he puts a little bit of cement. And then he goes with the stick, and he just, and he folds it over. And before, I'm looking at this, and I'm seeing that this thing is becoming a little bit more thicker. Kind of looks like pudding, but you put pudding, but you don't want to eat it. It's not pudding. Okay, it tastes nasty. And you see it start getting a little thicker, so it has substance. And he's teaching us as a process. Like, okay, well now your turn, Adam. Go ahead and, and put some of the cement. Go put some of the water and, and start start doing it. And I saw like, man, it's cement. It's and it's wet and it's, you know, it's perfect. You can lay it out. And and I started doing it, you know. And and I put the water. He's like, hey, hey, hey. I'm like, whoa, 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 what's going on? He's like, don't put too much water. It's like, why? Because you put too much water. It's going to break up. It won't hold. Okay. So I'm going to put it in. I just remember we did the whole entire backyard and the entire process of putting the cement. And I watched it, and I became like a pro at it. And then in different times, we have to do it again. And this example comes to mind because Jesus is saying you're building your house on a rock. And, and, and I want to tell you, one of the things that you will do in your life, you will invest in a lot of things. You guys probably haven't. Who's been in building on construction or anything like that? Whenever you build something, it never is cheap. I'll tell you that right now, okay? Living in the house that you live in right now, you pay bills, pay rent. Why? Because it's not cheap. <laughs> it's not cheap. Houses, when you want to buy a house, it's not cheap. Why? Because people have invested into that house. People have built that house, and now it has value. I want to teach you something very important in your life. And the thing is this, it's investing. Okay, we're not going to get into numbers and math. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I failed this class yesterday. I can't believe. No, no, no. What we're going to do is we're talking about investing in the kingdom of God and how you build according. Amen. Because Jesus gave this example of building a house on a rock. And today, many people are building their houses on sand. And Jesus is looking down and saying, what are you doing? And the way people are building their houses on sand is because what they invest in. Somebody say invest. What you invest into is how you build something. Hello? What you invest into is how you build something. Right? So the Bible says you have two natures inside of you. There's a spiritual, there's the spirit that gives life, and there's the flesh that brings death. Whichever you invest into is the one you're building up. So if you invest in the spirit, guess what? Your spirit man grows. 
you start becoming stronger in the Lord. Your faith starts becoming strong. Guess what? If you build into the flesh, if you invest into the flesh, if you look at things that are inappropriate, if you start doing things that God calls sin and you hide and things like this, you start investing into the flesh. See, people today are building houses. And yet without them knowing it, they're building it on sand. Some of them may be thinking they're building on rock, but what happens is that rock is not steady. Because somehow in their theology and their thinking of who God is, well, God will accept me any other way. I can just keep on sinning and do this and be fine with it. Hold on a second. That's not the rock of Jesus Christ. You're adding your own mixture into that cement, and it's going to come out falling. People build things today by investing. And three ways you can invest as youth. I'm going to keep it very specific, but we're just in life. Number one, time. People invest time. Within a week, okay? Within a week, Monday through Sunday, five days out of the week, we're at school. So our education is important to us, amen? We invest into that, right? We want to go somewhere, and education is important. Amen? So you invest in that. How do you do that? You go to school. You go to class. You show up to class. Guess what? You do homework, and guess what? Homework probably takes some time, amen? I was doing a paper. It took me forever to get that thing done. I'm like, devil, I will conquer you. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Looking at the paper, calling it devil. No, no, no. You invest your time. Right? Ways we invest. This is the second one. Resources. Right? Money. How many of you guys got a, who has a dollar bill on them? I can just wave for a little bit. Anybody, just bring it up, bring it up if you have it. Dollar, dollar bill, y'all. Okay. <laughs> That's not saying that. This is a dollar. Right? This is a resource. It's just a paper. Right? It's a representation of the gold, of how much gold our U.S. um, government has, correct? It's currency. It's a resource. It's a tool. We use it today to get things, to supply things, right? Right now, if I was hungry, I could go to that corner store right now, give me a bag of Cheetos, right? Because I'm hungry, right? If, if, If my friend Rob was hungry right now, I can go to that same store, get him a bag of cookies, and I will bless him. And how would I do it? Tito's dollar. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Thank you for that. We can invest our resources. Some of us may not have jobs. Okay? If you don't have a job, if you have a job, raise your hand. Resources. If you've ever had any form of currency in your hand, raise your hand. <laughs> if you ever had a penny in your hand, raise your hand. We've all had resources come through our, our hands. We invest resources. Another thing we invest, number three, point number three, is our love. Hello, somebody. And I'm not talking about the Barry White, let's get it on, or Al Green. I'm not talking about that kind of love. Right? I'm talking about love and affection, our care, our emotions. Right? We can invest that. 
Because, right, we can be in school and invest our time, but we may not love school. Can I get an amen? Hallelujah. I'm preaching now. Look at y'all. <laughs> I love that sermon. We can be in school, but we may not have to love it, right? Or we can invest in something, but we may not love it. Man, I'm paying for this school. I may not <laughs> love school. You know what I mean? Right? I got to pay bills. I got to pay this phone bill. I don't love my phone that much now. $100. We invest our time. We invest our resources. And we invest our love. I want to ask you, and, and I want to, to challenge you right now. I'm going to give you some time and let the Holy Spirit just do this. I want you to go and think of your life. How are you investing these three things? How are you investing your time? Right? How are you investing your resources? How are you investing your love? How? Okay. Take a couple moments. Think about that. How are you investing your time? How are you investing your resources? And how are you investing your love? few seconds more. You see, Jesus gave this parable to the people at the time, and he used the example of building something on a rock. And that still applies, okay? Let's take this. Jesus still wants him, he still wants uh, his spirit, the Savior, God, the Father, to be the center. Amen? He still wants to be number one in your life. He is the rock, okay? And how we build, nowadays you can look at it as how I invest, right? Take that word and put it in right now. Invest. What are you investing in right now? You know, one of the things when I got saved, I'm talking about really saved at the age of 19, I went back and I thought to myself, like, man, there's so much I would go back and change. I wish I would have done this different. I wish I would have done this different. I wish I would have preached more. I wish I would have evangelized. I wish I would have loved my friends more. And there's so many things that in my lifetime, if I look back, I say, I wish I would have invested more. And I'm here to tell you today, that day does not have to happen. It can start right now and say, I want to invest. And I'm speaking to you guys because, look, you are at the prime age where right now you are shaping, you are deciding what the rest of your life is going to be like. You have these decisions you will make, friendships you're going to be in, and you have opportunities of investment. And I want you to consider this, invest wisely. Invest wisely. Amen. Jesus being the solid rock, our foundation. I'm telling you what. Jesus, in this parable, I believe, tells us that storms are going to happen. Amen. And I want to end with this. And I'm just going to leave a time of prayer. The wise and foolish builders. I'm sure if you guys caught this. I'll read it once more. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. 
The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet that yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. Jesus gives us this example, and he says, look, build your life on my words, because guess what? There are going to be storms coming your way. So many people think that when we come into Christianity, and it was my belief a little bit, when I came into Christianity, that nothing can harm me. And I familiarize myself. I memorize scriptures that all things work out for the good of those who love him. So nothing bad could happen in my life. Yet that when you start to live life, you understand that storms will come. Things will happen. Okay? I remember growing up at a young age, uh, I wasn't a weatherman. I had no idea of storms. I just remember that a storm was really bad as if the bottom basement would flood. And I remember, I believe it was in 1988, not 1988, 1998, during the summertime, it started to pour. Uh, my family, we were watching Merlin. I remember the details about it. We were watching the show Merlin, right? And we were watching it. We were just like, man, it's raining hard. Go close the windows. We're closing windows. It had been raining for two hours. Two hours. Two hours straight rain pouring down. And then I saw my parents start to worry. What are they worrying about? And it says, our downstairs basement is flooding. And sure enough, we go outside. There is a puddle up to our first step. And I didn't know what to do. I was just like, oh, it's water. It's like a swimming pool. You get excited for the littlest things. Like, it's a swimming pool, and it's not like that lightning outside. Stay inside the house. And so my dad goes around to try to open it, and uh, it was just a giant puddle of water. Literally, our downstairs basement, if the water was about this high. Imagine, in the whole apartment. I just remember I'm asking him, like, why, why weren't we ready for that? What happened? It's like, well, you know, this and this and this happened, and we didn't have the right sewage, and this and this and this. And this. Then I remember that because that literally destroyed a little bit of the apartment. We had to do some different things. It cost a lot of money. And I was just like, why did that have to happen? That's the dumbest thing ever. I hate rain after that, right? You got an idea. It's just like, oh, we can't do this now because we have to put money into this. And. And I got the idea that storms are going to come, and whether in the physical, how about this, in the natural, emotionally, some things may come our way and strike us, <laughs> death in the family, right? Things like that. You know, one of the things that I noticed that is directly related to our investing and in storms coming into our life is what we invest our time to, what we invest our resources, what we invest our love with, and especially dealing with uh, youth and high schoolers and just when you get to that age because that's what happens when you get into high school if you don't have a girlfriend guess what you're going to want one because you're going to see everybody else with one right I'm just being real when I was in high school I saw everybody with a girlfriend like dang kissing I'm just like I would never do that right good Christian boy but then the, all these things happen. It's just like, man. I, and then I noticed that I started investing into the flesh, investing into this. Instead of giving into the word of God and saying, man, listening to my pastor when he's saying, do this, do this, and encouragement. 
didn't invest. I'll give you guys two ways right now, and we'll close in prayer. Two ways you can invest in God. Number one is love God and love people. Hello? <laughs> it's easy. It's to love God and love people. That's ways you can start investing into God. He said the greatest commandments can be summed up like this, to love God and to love people, right? To love God and to love people. How does that look? I want to love God. When he comes to these times of worship, when we're talking about uh, you won't relent till you have it all, I guess what you're doing, you're relenting. Like, God, I'm, I'm giving it all up. Like, I, I'm done. I'm stopping. Like, God, I'm surrendering my life. That's what you do, how you love God. Number two, you love people. It's not the, the, the love or the affectionate love. It's showing somebody the love of Christ, a genuine care for people. Amen. We're called to be the church of God. Amen. We have feelings. People have feelings. Love on somebody. Care for them. Be kind, considerate. You know how someone's going to know Jesus exists? is by the way you love them. It's the way you treat them. You want your parents to know Jesus? Hey, when they tell you to clean something, guess what you do? You clean it. You take a look like, my God, there must be a God. They're cleaning their dishes. They're, they're washing, you know, cleaning their room. Hallelujah. There is a God. I'll go to your church. What's the name of your church? Metro Praise. Hallelujah. I'm going there. It's when you be obedient. We start investing into these things. Right? You don't have to look far. Like, how do I invest and go through the Bible? What are you saying to me? Invest to God. I want to know. Love God and love people. Biggest way you can demonstrate that. Amen. And number two, be a disciple. Be a disciple. And it's not the, the religious thing of like, oh, now I have to. It's, it's just falling in love with Jesus. Amen. And then and, and coming under someone and saying, hey, I want to live life with you. I want to grow. I want to understand everything that Jesus has for me in his word. Amen. And I'm telling you, it will require your time. It will require your resources and require your love. At the end of the day, you will either rise or fall on what you've invested in. At the end of the day, I want it to be said of me, I've invested into the kingdom of God, into Jesus. Amen. And it's not just like, oh, I'm just going to be poor. No, God wants you to be prosperous. God wants you to be blessed. Amen. It's not, well, I'm going to invest it all. Jesus takes away all my fun. No, being with Jesus is the most fun. Amen? Stand to your feet for me, please. We're just going to end this time in, in worship and just prayer. We're not going to do a formal altar call. You guys can stay in your seats. But I want you guys to get something out of this right now. And then we're going to do our just, you know, our tithes and offering and, and that. I want you right now to be aware of the things you're investing in. Your time. Are you investing more time on Facebook than in prayer? I'm speaking to myself right now. Hallelujah. Right? Facebook junkie. You can't go anywhere without logging in and seeing who liked your status. No one liked my status. So I won't put up another status. Maybe they didn't see it. They like this one. I'll tag somebody in at this time. And you'll spend hours on a computer screen, or maybe you'll spend hours in front of a TV. Like, I love Friends. I love Seinfeld. I don't know what you guys like today. <laughs> MTV, right? <laughs> Seinfeld was my age. I'm telling on myself. <laughs> you, 
investing your time, your resources, right? Would you spend more on buying new fits that you don't need? Would you spend more on, on Cheetos that you don't need? <laughs> well, maybe you need those. The Lord knows. No, no, no. Investing into things that will go and they'll just wither. The Bible says they're like chaff. They'll blow away. <laughs> Would you invest in his kingdom? Hello? Would you give so that someone in India... So that's someone in Nepal. <laughs> I love you, brother. So that's someone in Africa right now would have the resources, a one-on-one book, can get a Bible. Would you invest into that kingdom? Amen? How about your love? I talk about relationships. Relationships are good. Would you invest your love into Jesus? When's the last time you really went after him, right? Without us, me, having to be on a guitar, like, come on, come on, go after him. Pray, really seek his face. You know? When's the last time you invested your love? Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you teach us from your word how to, how to live our life, how to grow, how to invest into your kingdom, how to do these different things. Father, I pray right now that you will show us in our life the areas where we've missed the mark, the areas in which we've missed it. God, we've missed it. We've messed up. God, we're wasting our time. We're wasting resources, and we're wasting our love. Father, I pray you will show us. And, Father, I pray that you will lead us. Your word says that you lead us by the hand. You're our counselor. You're our, our, you guide us, God. Father, you teach us. Father, I pray that in these times you would teach us. And Father, we would have faith that when we build our house on the rock, that yes, storms may come, storms will come. But not even the mightiest storm can shake us, God. Not even the mightiest storm can shake us. Father, I pray that when these storms come, Father God, these storms may come. That, Father, we will stand the test. Father, I pray for those right now in storms. God, their foundation is you, Jesus. And I pray that you will supply them, Father. I pray that you would meet their needs. Father, I pray that you would also pour out your spirit upon them. Father, that you would remind them that you're with them, that if you are their rock, there is nothing that can come up against them, Jesus. And we hold on to that faith, God. We pray that you would show us, you would guide us, you would lead us in our walk. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. You guys can be here, just have a seat really quickly. We're just going to close um, with just some announcements. Tomorrow, no life groups. Mañana, no life groups. Say that, mañana, no life groups. But next week, we're back on, okay? This Sunday service, we want to see you guys Sunday, Sunday, Sunday at 10 o'clock. Amen. We have prayer from 9.15 to 9.45. So we do pre-service prayer. So if you guys want to come up and pray for whatever you want, maybe you want to learn. This is opportunities for you guys. When you come into this place, I want to learn how to pray, right? Who wants to learn how to pray in this place? Come on now. I do too. 9.15 to 9.45 is when we come in here and we just pray. 
And if you see one of our leaders, you want to come up to any one of them and say, hey, can you teach me how to pray? We will sit down with you and we'll pray. Amen. Because if there's any life that you have to develop, it is your prayer life. So that's important for us. Amen. 915 for the early birds, but we start service at 10 o'clock. We get our worship on. Amen. Amen. Our, here our vision, loving God, loving people. We talked about it. Invest into that, would you? Take time this week right now. Right now, think about it. How am I going to love God? How am I going to invest into loving God? Because if you don't think about it, guess what? You'll leave this place and you won't do it because it was never on your mind. Think about it right now. How can I love God? Can I love God by telling somebody about the love of God? Yep, you can. Can you love God by just getting in your own time and just saying, God, I love you? Yep, you can. Can you love God by getting down on your knees and just worshiping God, saying, God, you're awesome? Yep, you can. See, no one's going to be in your room, and you're not going to have a worship leader. You're not going to have Lawrence on the drums, me on the guitar, Chris on, on the mic in your room. Like you close the room right there. Get ready. No. It is not going to be that. I wish that every time I would close my door, my closet, Jesus culture will come up. Nope. They're not there. I have to come before the Lord and say, God, you're awesome. You're worthy. I love you. You And he meets me every time. He does. He just loves that. Amen. And our strategy, oh, loving people, how do we love people? Sharing, sharing Jesus with them. We said that, yes. Right. Invest, you know. We also love people. Your parents will know that they, you love them if you listen to them. Can I get an amen? If you go home tonight, you see dishes in the sink. Guess what? You wash those dishes. She gets up thinking she has to wash dishes. Oh, my gosh. Call the cops. Someone broke into our house. They stole our dishes. No, 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 no. I cleaned them. I cleaned them. That's okay. Right? You listen to them. How about this? Just be obedient. Just work on that. It's the cool thing to not listen. Like if the teacher says something in class, don't do this. Someone's going to, I'm going to get up anyways. I'm going to talk. And it's just like, he said not to do that. Why are you doing that? doesn't make sense. Be obedient. Amen. Love people. <laughs> Your teachers will know you love them if you obey them. Amen. And number, uh, and our strategy here, number two, is connect, mentor, and send. Amen. Be a part of life groups. Get discipled. And then we'll send you out to change the world. Amen. Amen. Let's stand to our feet one more time. Can we get a joyful, joyful song? I want us to dance out of this place. One of the ways you build your foundation is to love God, and we're going to end this place or end this night leaving this place. <laughs> end this night leaving this place by worshiping God. So we're going to do like a conga line, okay? How about this? We're going to do a conga line starting with Monique right here. Monique starting in the middle, okay? Then have another girl afterwards. Start forming a line, conga line. Okay, start forming a line, start forming a line, start forming a line. Grab their shoulders, grab on shoulders, 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 shoulders. Guys with guys, girls with girls, okay. Start forming the line, big conga line, okay. Everybody, everybody, Lawrence, you too, come on. Our main dancer, don't steal the show now. Come on now, Oscar, you too, Oscar, come on, both Oscar and Hector. Uh-oh. We're going to leave this place building this night on the foundation of spending our love. One way you love God is to worship him. Okay? Let's keep it appropriate, guys. We're guys, girls, we're girls. Let's not massage each other's ears. Okay. So as you go, Monique starts going off. And just start doing whatever comes naturally. Start going around. Just start going. Just start walking. There you go. There you are. 
twerk it. Kick out your legs, right leg, right leg, right leg, left leg, left leg, right leg, right leg, left leg. You guys gotta do what I say. So if I say right leg, kick out your right leg. If I say left leg, kick out your left leg. Would you keep on walking? Do not fall on each other. <laughs> do not. Here we go. Oh, oh, bring it over just a little bit. Yo, I can't hear it, DJ. Yo, I can't hear it, DJ. Okay. Right leg, right leg, right leg, right leg. Uh. Uh. Here we go. Here we go. Left leg, left leg, left leg, left leg. Uh, uh, uh. Do the fist pump. 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 Uh, uh, uh. Switch it up. Do the fist pump. Do the fist pump. Do the fist pump. Give it up for Jesus, y'all. You guys did awesome. <laughs> Before you walk out through that door, would you love somebody by just giving them a hug? 